Yeah, I was a little off my rocker last week. I am looking at my picks from last week and wondering uh, just why. Welcome back, everybody, to the Center of College Football. I'm your host, Jeffrey Calhoun, recording, as always, from the Center of College Football, Lincoln, Nebraska. And yeah, um, last week upset me because there were a lot of upsets. I picked a lot of upsets to happen. The funny thing was, though, none of those two things lined up, which just is just upsetting so let's go ahead and jump right into this first game i want to talk about was iowa at maryland i expected maryland to come out swinging i expected maryland to win i expected their high-powered offense to squeak by iowa's high-powered defense yeah that didn't exactly happen um talia did not play well five interceptions um that's not good their leading rusher was also talia with 24 yards um. Yeah, Iowa completely shut them down. And I really don't think the headline here is Maryland's horrible. I don't think they're as good as I initially thought. But I think the headline here is just Iowa is really, really good. Like, they get past Penn State and they're probably going to the playoffs. I mean... That's the last ranked team on their schedule. I mean, this is this is a lockdown Iowa team. I don't see anyone else stopping them the rest of the year. I mean, even even Petrus, who I think is a mediocre quarterback, looked amazing. 259, 21 for 30, three touchdowns. I mean, he played well. It was a bummer, though, because Dante Dimas did end up going out with a very, very bad injury. And I'm not going to even sit here and say that Maryland would have had a shot if Demas was there, but, you know, it's still a bummer to see. Next game up was the Georgia-Arkansas game. I was at this game. It was a great time. Had a lot of fun. First time going to a not-Nebraska game. little bummed, though, because I expected it to be somewhat of a close game. Um, it wasn't, like, at all. It was 37 to nothing, and it was more of a blow than the score indicated because Georgia scored 21 points in the first quarter and then we're like, okay, we can, we can chill now. And I mean, Stetson Bennett only threw for 72 yards. It could have been a lot worse because they rushed for 273. This team absolutely locked down Arkansas on the defense. And again, kind of like the Iowa-Maryland game. I don't think the headline here is Arkansas is bad. I think the headline is just Georgia is honestly probably the best team in the country. But yeah, they got shut down completely. Had Arkansas had 75 yards on the ground, 81 yards in the air. It just, it was bad. I mean, had a block punt, just that ended up being a touchdown. I mean, Georgia's just amazing. I mean, I was in awe watching this team. And <laughs> yeah, this team, honestly, probably going to win the national championship. Cincinnati at Notre Dame. Cincinnati picked up $1.2 million as well as their biggest win in program history, went on the road and shut down the ninth-ranked team in the nation. Beat them by two scores, which was impressive. And Desmond Ritter was right. Place wasn't loud for long. Ritter went 19 for 32, 279, two touchdowns. I mean, tack on another 89 yards on the ground. And, I mean, they were up 17 nothing at the half. Notre Dame tried to come back, but it just didn't work. Yeah, it was... It was not pleasant for Notre Dame. And in the playoff eliminator game, Cincinnati walks out with this one. 
hopefully, honestly, I'd like to, as I'd like to see them get to the playoff. I mean, I want to see a little guy make it, and these seem like the best shot as they're now fifth ranked in the country, and pending they don't blow it to Temple, they're going to be number four next week as number three and number four face off, and the loser of that will fall behind Cincinnati. Next up was Ohio State Rutgers. Uh, I picked Rutgers to pull off the upset. This uh, did did not happen at all. Ohio State won 52-13. I think they were a little mad that I told them that they were not good at football. C.J. Stroud uh, threw for 330 yards. That is um, kind, kind of good. Five touchdowns. That's also um, really good. 200 yards on the ground. My gosh. Um, so it's, it's not... Ohio, or it's not just Michigan, Michigan State, and Penn State there. Ohio State has decided that Oregon was a fluke, and they are going to remember how to play football now. I am scared. Yeah, next up was Alabama Ole Miss, and um, yeah, this went bad. Yeah, uh, first of all, roll tide. Second of all, uh, yeah, we got our popcorn ready, and yeah, just... There was a lot of talk. A lot of people thought Ole Miss was going to win. I was one of those people. I'll be first to admit. Alabama just murdered. Just came out the gate swinging. It was, I mean, 35-7 at one point. Or I'm sorry, 42-7 at one point. And, I mean, Matt Corral didn't even play horrible. 213, 21 for 29, didn't throw a pick. Not horrible, but Alabama did just continue to Alabama. Brian Robinson rushed for 171 because he can. Had four touchdowns also because he can. And a lot of these games this weekend, once again, headline isn't Ole Miss is a bad football team. Honestly, if you told me that they weren't going to, if you were came from the future and told me that they weren't going to lose a game the rest of the season, I'd be like, okay, cool. I completely believe you because the rest of the schedule is pretty easy, especially now that I guess Texas A&M sucks, which is weird. But yeah, um, Alabama is just amazing. Okay. Oklahoma at Kansas State. I swear to everything. Good. Holy. Oh my gosh. Oklahoma. Can you just like lose like a normal team? You've had four one score games. If you, you know, had I, I, if the teams you played scored one more touchdown against you in every game or if you lost all the one score games you played that's probably a better way to say it you would be one and four you would be one and four you were not a good team this is upsetting me because they keep just pulling out random stuff at the last second the last little second to win their games they had to recover an onside kick to win this game it's just, it's just, mm, <laughs> hopefully Texas or TCU or Baylor, or e honestly, even Texas Tech, Texas Tech is kind of surprising me, can just do something, like, please do something, I'm tired of watching Oklahoma win, Oklahoma State at Baylor, this game went about as I expected, I mean, these are two, you know, I don't want to say, how do I say this, under the radar top 25 teams, they don't play explosive football, they're not, you know, blowing people out of the water, they're just, they're, they're winning, they're doing good, they're doing good jobs they're playing well and it's weird because spencer sanders played really bad uh 13 for 23 182 one touchdown three interceptions they somehow still managed to win definitely because of jalen warren who had two touchdowns on 125 yards because well he can i mean i i didn't get a chance to watch this game but you know Oklahoma State solidify themselves as a very solid team in the big 12 they have some tough games on their schedule left 
Texas on the road in a couple weeks. Iowa State on the road, who I know a lot of people have written them off, but we can't forget they exist. West Virginia, I don't know what to make of West Virginia. TCU is good. Texas Tech is surprising people, and they got Oklahoma. But they have a chance to make some real noise. I expect them to win four games on the season. They're five weeks in. Already have five. Shout out, K, or shout out Oklahoma State. Y'all, y'all doing a good job. Clemson at Boston College. Clemson didn't win this game. Clemson did not win this game. Boston College lost it because Boston College was down six inside the 25. And then their center forgot how to snap the ball. And their quarterback forgot how to receive a snap. He also forgot that maybe you should dive on the football or you're going to lose the game. Clemson won off of a botch snap. This is upsetting. But they're not in the top 25 anymore, so that's good. Also, um, yeah, you're definitely not winning your division at this point because, okay, you have Boston College, who, yes, they have one loss. NC State is undefeated in division. You also have Wake Forest to deal with, who, okay, I'm just going to say it. Wake Forest is going to fall apart. Wake Forest's season has taken the exact trajectory I predicted at the beginning of the season. They're going to start at 6-0. and They're going to finish 6-6. Six and six. It's what it's going to be. Yeah. I mean, even yet, even Syracuse and Pitt on the road on the schedule, even Louisville, none of those teams are pushovers this year. So, yeah, Clemson, Clemson ain't going to go far, but I guess they won, sure. ULL and South Alabama. I was really rooting for the Jaguars. Jaguars went round for round, though. Um, kind of impressive. Um, did they only score field goals? I didn't get a chance to watch most of this game, but I'm, yeah, I mean, they they did a good job. I mean, Louisiana isn't as good as they've been in years past, specifically last year. But the fact South Alabama was able to run with them, I mean, prove some. I mean, they're three and one, four games into the season. I mean, they'll get they'll get their six wins. They'll go bowling. I mean, probably will beat Texas State. Have a shot against Georgia Southern. Probably will beat ULM. Jury's still out on Arkansas State. I mean. Even Troy is down. I mean, South Alabama is probably going bowling this year, so I'm excited to see what they do. And the nightcapper, Arizona State at UCLA. So I guess um, just massive NCAA investigations just don't matter um, with your program being bad because, you know, they. I guess Arizona State's good now. That's weird. I don't know how to feel about that. Um, this game was 24-23 to at the end of the half, and then Arizona State just put their foot on their necks. And just went nuts. I mean, I, this is just, this is weird. I mean, I, even when I had Arizona State going 11 and 1, I had them losing to UCLA. UCLA is becoming one of the most inconsistent teams in the Pac 12, and it's weirding me out because I was, you know, I was kind of rolling with them. It was fun. But honestly, because of this, Arizona State probably looks like the best team in the Pac 12 South. I mean, the only game left on the schedule. That may be tough to win. I don't know. Stanford may be tough, but it's at home. Utah on the road. Oregon State on the road. But outside of that, I mean, it looks pretty easy. I mean, Washington State at home. USC at home. Arizona. Washington on the road. This is this is a solid team and a good chance for a bounce back. So, overall, I guess 59% of the game's right. 36 right, 25 wrong. Um, That's really bad. I'm sorry. I don't know what was up with me last week. My picks were just bad. I, I mean, I even, 
I forgot Iowa Penn State existed for my game day picks, so yeah, I'm sorry. I will really try to do better. Hopefully my picks this week will be a little more accurate. So moving on from that, we'll go ahead and move on to the playoff eliminator. And because this year is basically 2007 part two, teams are dropping like flies. This is weird. So last week we came in with 44 teams and we now walk out with 34 teams. SEC came into this week with, hold on, math is hard, nine teams vying for a spot and walk out with six. Texas A&M got upset by Mississippi State because why not? LSU lost for the first time in 22 years at home to Auburn because this is a weird year. And Florida lost to Kentucky, who was 5-0 and undefeated and 16th ranked. And that is weird because Kentucky plays basketball. They don't play football. I don't know how to feel about this. I am uncomfortable. So the only teams they have remaining are Alabama, Georgia, and Kentucky, who are all undefeated. Still weird to say. And Auburn, Ole Miss, and Arkansas, who all have one loss apiece to Penn State, Alabama, and Georgia, respectively. Moving on to the ACC, they came into this week with six teams vying for a spot and walk out with four. Louisville lost their second game of the season on a last-second field of goal to Wake Forest, and Syracuse let uh, Florida State beat them because, you know, Florida State. I don't know. This is weird. I don't think they should have won. I don't like it. I hate this season. I want to go home. Just kidding. It's fun. I'm rambling. Anyway, they have four teams left. Virginia Tech has one loss. Boston College has one loss. NC State has one loss. And Wake Forest is still somehow undefeated. This feels weird. Moving on to the Big 12, they came into this week with six teams left and walk out with five as Kansas State lost a last-second game to Oklahoma. I'm still mad. Baylor took their first L of the season to Oklahoma State, and Texas Tech and Texas only have one loss apiece because Texas Tech beat West Virginia because that makes sense. Oklahoma and Oklahoma State are both still undefeated because um, I don't know why. Oklahoma does not deserve to be undefeated. I'm still mad. Never not going to be mad. The American came of this week with two teams left and walk out with two teams left. Cincinnati, as we talked about, got a W and got $1.2 million for beating Notre Dame, because why not? And SMU completely rolled over South Florida, because South Florida is bad. Moving on to the Independents, they came into this with three teams left and walk out with just one. Notre Dame, as I talked about, gave up $1.2 million to lose to Cincinnati. Army lost in an upset to Ball State, because I don't know, I hate everything. BYU remains undefeated, because they are BYU, and they are, I don't know. I just, this is weird. BYU is supposed to be bad. Zach Wilson is gone. All right, moving on to the Sun Belt. They walked in with two teams left and walk out with just the one. South Alabama took their first loss to um, Louisiana and Coastal Carolina did Coastal Carolina things and beat the living daylights out of Louisiana Monroe because, I don't know, she had to clears. Conference USA came into this week with one team left and walked out with well, one team left. UTSA continued to do UTSA things and beat UNLV, who honestly, UNLV's not as bad as their records show, I don't think. Yes, they're 0-5, but they've had some close games. They've had three ranked opponents. Probably should have been four. Rank UTSA. They are the last hope for the Conference USA and are somehow an underdog to a 1-4 team this week. But I'm excited for that game. We'll get to that in a bit. 
The Big Ten came into this week with six, I'm sorry, seven teams, eight teams. Math is very hard. Left vying for a spot and walk out with just six. Purdue um, let Minnesota turn around from losing to Bowling Green State and beat them. You know, that's normal. And Rutgers got blown to bits by Ohio State. Only teams left are Iowa, Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State, who are all undefeated, Maryland, who took their first L, and Ohio State, who still has the one L. Moving on to the Pac-12, they came into this week with three teams left and walk out with three teams left. Oregon and Oregon, or I'm sorry, Oregon State and Arizona State both won their games, and Oregon lost. Do we want to talk about this, Oregon fans? Because I think we need to talk about this. Um, you played a two and two Stanford team, a two and two Stanford team, who'd gotten blown out earlier this year to Kansas State. You got like five penalties, six penalties on one drive. Let Stanford storm down the field. You had won the game, and then you had to uh, do an illegal. They got one on time down. They scored, and then they went to overtime, and then they won. Are you are you done? Do you just like like to kill the Pac-12's dreams? Like, is it fun for you? Do you enjoy it? Because I think you enjoy it. Like, I think you like get a rise out of it. There's three teams left. I enjoyed watching Oregon lose. I don't like Oregon. Then in the Mountain West, they came into this week with two teams left and walk out with two as well. San Diego State and Wyoming are the last teams vying for a spot. Wyoming had a bye week, so they obviously couldn't lose because that is how it works. And San Diego State also had a bye week, so they couldn't lose. Good job. You didn't lose, even though you couldn't. And finally, the MAC has no one because the M in MAC stands for mediocre. I'm kidding. Western Michigan's amazing. They just got unfortunate and had to play regular Michigan. Yeah, that's the playoff eliminator. Um, these teams are dropping like flies. We're a third of the way in the season. We have nearly 100 teams gone. That's fun. We have one playoff eliminator game next week with Arkansas Ole Miss. The t- loser of that will, well, not go to the playoffs because that is how the rules work. So moving on to this week's games, some of the, I don't know, there's not a ton of games this weekend. There's only about 50-some as opposed to, I think, two, three weeks ago when there was like, God, 80-something. I mean, a lot of teams are on by, which makes sense with it being week six and all. You know, a lot of these teams, it's a little under the halfway point for them. So, good time to recalibrate. So, first game I want to talk about is Arkansas Ole Miss. Both of these teams... Looked very good through the first four weeks and then got blown to bits by probably the best teams in the country. So I feel for them. But look, both these teams are great. I'm excited to see this Arkansas defense versus this Ole Miss offense. I went back and forth on this game, but I got to roll with Ole Miss for two reasons. One, it's at home for Ole Miss. And two, I feel like they're a more well-polished team. Um, I feel like they have a very solid defense. Um, Ole Miss's offense and Arkansas's defense are about equal, I'd say. Ole Miss's offense is probably a little bit better, but Ole Miss's defense, I feel, is way better than Arkansas's offense. Again, it's at home. Ole Miss is playing great football, and I think they get a very, very solid win here over a ranked opponent and keep their playoff hopes alive. Next up, you got the Red River Shootout, and I think a lot of teams... Here's the thing. It's not fair to Arkansas to say that 
all the teams that they beat end up being overrated. It ended up being true with Texas A&M, but I don't think it's true with Texas. Texas is playing very solid football. They racked up 70 on Texas, who or Texas Tech, who, by the way, is sitting at 4-1. and one. You might want to remember that. Louisiana, they beat by 20, who, by the way, is sitting at 4-1. and one. You might want to remember that. They've beaten two teams that are otherwise undefeated. And they played a good TCU team and beat them, and... I think they get Oklahoma here. Oklahoma is playing better and better opponents every single week. And I think eventually someone has to get them. Granted, I said that about West Virginia. Granted, I said that about Kansas State. <clears throat> and if they lose, I'm Texas, I swear, if you lose, got to be upset. Got to be a little upset. But no matter how bad these two teams have been, this game has always been a grudge match. Okay, even back in 2015, Oklahoma went to the playoffs. Texas was 5-7. and seven. They beat Oklahoma. It was, what, four overtimes last year? 2019, Texas was 8-5. and five. Oklahoma went to the playoffs. This game came down to the wire. This game is always a great game. It's college game day. Should be Iowa-Penn State, but that's whatever. Give me the Longhorns in this one. Next up, you got the Deep South's oldest cocktail party, Georgia at Auburn. Yeah, Georgia's going to win by a lot. I'm putting this here because, on paper, it looks like a fun game. Second-ranked Georgia, 18th-ranked Auburn. Georgia's 5-0. and Auburn's 4-1. and I think Auburn's a little bit better than I expected them to be, but I think Georgia really exposes them here. Arkansas is way better than Auburn, and well, you saw what they did to them. Granted, it is a rivalry game, so anything can happen, but just the way Georgia's played, their running game, their defense, everything about them is perfect, and I don't think anyone can stop them. Next, you have the game of the week, Penn State at Iowa. This is a game that honestly is going to be one for the ages one i went back and forth on and honestly one where the curse of number three could continue because by the way three number three teams have lost this year we are five weeks into the season i was just i was just killing people i mean just absolutely brutally murder murdering people you know penn state's had some close games you know, Wisconsin was close, Auburn was close, Iowa's game against Colorado State was probably too close for comfort, but they bounced back and just ripped co- or ripped Maryland to shreds, who's probably the best team they've played so far. And I mean, just they're they're doing a great job. A great job at Iowa. And I I picked Iowa to lose four games this season. They've already won three of those four games that I said they would lose. And I think they win this last one. Being at home being hyped up they're a small favorite one and a half points so i'm gonna roll with the hawkeyes here but this is a 50 50 game next up tcu at texas tech this is where texas tech gets to determine if they're the real deal because texas tech has pleasantly surprised me they're four and one i expected them to be about three and two this at this point of the season they you know just always beat west virginia for some reason tcu on the other hand is two and two but the teams they've lost to are very good they lost to SMU, they lost to Texas, and this was a game that was really, really close for me, and honestly, the, the baseline I helped let me determine this was honestly the Texas game. They both played Texas very recently, but with two very different outcomes. TCU lost to Texas by five points. Texas Tech lost to Texas by 35 points. TCU's strength of schedule is a bit better. I think that they're a more experienced team. I think this is a very, very, very close game. And again, one that Texas Tech could use to solidify themselves as a solid team. But I'm going to rock with TCU here. Next up, I got Wyoming at Air Force. This is a game that's going to go really under the radar. But I think it kind of 
turn into something fun. Wyoming is one of the last undefeated teams in the country. Surprisingly enough, they've had a bye week to prep, and Air Force is just murdering everyone on the ground. They're averaging half a yard passing per game and like 380 on the ground because it's a military team, and they're going to run the triple option because they can, and they will kill you with it. They have one L on the season to a solid Utah State team after scoring 45 points. They blew FAU out of the water. They beat Navy very solidly. I think this game is going to be a lot of fun, but I think Air Force knocks Wyoming's undefeated streak here and gets a really good win to move to 5-1 and one on the season. Next up, UTSA at Western Kentucky. If you don't pay attention to this team, these teams, this looks like a really bad game. What UTSA is five and zero. Western Kentucky's one and three. Why is this even on the list? Well, I'll tell you why. Western Kentucky's really good. Okay, they have three losses on the year. Two of them are to Big Ten teams. One of them is to a four and one Army team. They had a. I'm sorry, they did not have a bye week to prep. But it's at home. They're favored for some reason. UTSA, on the other hand, is just finding a way to win. Some of them haven't been the prettiest wins, but they're finding a way to continue to win. Bailey Zappi is one of the best quarterbacks in the nation for Western Kentucky, and I mean, this is you know, Frank Harris is just phenomenal for UTSA. They have a great running back duo with Cincy McCormick just locking everything down for this team. I mean, this is this is going to be a offensive shootout. But I think the thing that seals it for UTSA is they actually have a defense. Western Kentucky's defense is non-existent, and UTSA's isn't half bad. It's not great, but it's it, it's there. They have a defense. So weird to say this with a five and zero team playing a one and three team, but I'm gonna roll with UTSA to pull off the upset. That's weird. Next up, LSU at Kentucky. I <laughs> the fact that Kentucky is at this point is insane, and not a lot of people are talking about it. But hear me out. I think we need to start talking about Kentucky as a legitimate playoff contender. Okay. They beat a top 10 Florida team. Really, the last test they have are against LSU and Georgia. Maybe Tennessee will be something. Mississippi State's inconsistent at best. But if they beat LSU, they have a decent shot at the playoffs because they could lose to Georgia, be 11-1, and and with enough chaos, slip into that four seed. But if they upset Georgia, everything's over. Look, LSU has not played up to their standard. I expect this team to be way better at this point. And they're just, they're they're mediocre. They're not doing great. And Kentucky is just, it's kind of like UTSA. They're finding a way to win. Chris Rodriguez and Wondell Robinson are just killing it right now. They're running the ball down people's throats. They're doing amazing. They play solid defense. They held an amazing Florida offense. Granted, they started um, Emory Jones, not AR-15, but whatever to 13 points, okay? I'm going to roll with the Wildcats in this one to get bull eligible. Next up is Notre Dame at Virginia Tech. This game is going to be a lot of fun, and one that I honestly, it's, it's toss-up for me, and I think Vegas agrees as Notre Dame's only a one-point favorite, but I'm going to roll with the Irish here, and it's really more situational than everything, than anything, sorry. They have a bye week after Virginia Tech to prep for USC, they're probably not exactly happy after that first loss of the year. Granted, Virginia Tech did have a week to prep, so it could go either way. You could make solid arguments for either side, but I think the way that Jack Cohn has played for Notre Dame, 
the way that Kyron Williams is running, the way that um, they're just locking stuff down on defense. I mean, I don't know. I, I really with Kyle Hamilton on that defense, that's the big piece of it. I'm a roll with Notre Dame here, but if there was one game this week where I could just be like, either one could win and it's not going to count against my picks, I'd roll with this one because this is this is going to be a toss-up. So hope you have ACC Network. Last is Michigan at Nebraska. Okay, if you don't know these two teams, you're going to be sitting here thinking, really? I mean, this game, this is one of your top games. A 500 team playing a top 10 team. Here's the thing. Nebraska is way better than their record shows. They lost to Illinois, and then they changed everything. They've been playing very well since then. They've they've had some hiccups, but since the Illinois game, they're three and two, and their two losses are combined ten and zero. And the way they just dismantled Northwestern last week was absolutely insane. I'm aware Northwestern's not that great, but. I mean, 56 points. Michigan, on the other hand, is I mean, playing lockdown football. They're running the ball well. They're, they've blown out everyone they've played except Rutgers. This is a really, really good team. But Nebraska is going to be rocking. I will be at this game. I mean, the way this, this fan or this crowd showed up last week for Northwestern was insane. This game is going to be a ton of fun. It's a primetime night game. Nebraska is only a three-and-a-half-point underdog. Michigan's definitely on upset alert, but I'm going to roll with the Wolverines here just by a slight margin. And I think, honestly, three and a half points is about right. This is going to come down to the wire. This is going to be a lot of fun. So those are my top 10 games of the week. And now, well, we'll go ahead and move on to my upset alerts. First of all is Friday night game, Temple at Cincinnati. Okay, Cincinnati's a 29-point favorite, but I'm not sure about this. Cincinnati has a shot at losing because here's the thing. Cincinnati's coming off a huge win, huge win against Notre Dame. Biggest win in program history, okay? They got UCF on the road, or I'm sorry, UCF at home next week. UCF's not that great, but the name UCF can still be a little intimidating. Temple, on the other hand, has surprised me greatly. Their two losses come to Rutgers and Boston College, who are solid Power 5 teams. They upset Memphis last week. Cincinnati could get overhyped. They're getting a lot of noise from myself included that they're a playoff contender and almost a playoff lock that Temple could come in and shock them. Next is Stanford at Arizona State. Both of these teams last week knocked off what was presumably the best team in their division, and Arizona State's a 13-point favorite, which seems like a lot considering, I mean, they seem pretty similar. Stanford's a weird team. I think they do have a real shot, and Arizona State needs to be careful. Next up is Maryland at Ohio State. Ohio State is a 21-point favorite, despite having the exact same record as Maryland. And again, they could be sitting here thinking Maryland's not that good. They got blown out by Iowa, but Iowa's really good. And the thing is, yes, they lose Dante Demas, which is, I mean, painful as hell. But they still have a really, really good passing attack, especially with Rakeem Jarrett. And Ohio State has no pass defense. They've gotten better, but... And I think that's part of the reason they blew out Rutgers so heavily is Rutgers is a very classic style football team, play good defense, run the ball. Maryland's very different. They kill you through the air and they could just completely expose Ohio State here. And it, yeah, it could get painful. Northern Illinois, Toledo. The fact that Toledo's a 12 and a half point favorite here is a little head scratching. I mean, 
their losses have been, especially that loss to Colorado State is not that impressive. And Northern Illinois beat a Power 5 team, and their only losses are a combined 9-0. and I honestly may even roll with NIU here. The fact that they're a 12.5-point underdog is a little insane. Next is Wisconsin at Illinois. Okay, here's the thing. Wisconsin has played, th- their losses are three really, really good opponents. Valid. But they're also 1-3 still. And I'm still not sure if they're just, you know, high middle team, you know, 7-5, and 8-4 and four team that just has played a hard schedule or if they're just hot garbage. Illinois, on the other hand, it, it's pretty solidified that they're not that good. They're, they're not that good of a team. But the real question is, is Wisconsin in that camp with them? And Illinois has a chance to basically drag Wisconsin down to their level with this one. They're a 10-point underdog. It's a possibility. Next is kind of an under-the-radar game because it's honestly not that big of a deal, but Georgia State at Louisiana Monroe. Georgia State is 1-4 and four on the season. Granted, they've had a very hard schedule. ULM pulled off a huge upset against Troy a couple weeks ago. Their only losses are to Kentucky and 16th-ranked Coastal Carolina. They've played some good teams. They've beaten some solid teams. And I don't know, as well as it being at home, they have a real shot to pull off a big upset here and pull themselves out of the mud. So, moving on to my game day picks for week seven, there weren't a ton of great games, but the top three were in third place, Auburn at Arkansas. This really depends on, and the reason it's third is, look, if Auburn beats Georgia and Arkansas beats Ole Miss, this will this will get it. But the thing is, I don't think that's going to happen. So, that's why it's a little lower. It's still going to be a good game, but it's possible. Second is NC State at Boston College. They both have bye weeks to prep, so they're both going to be 4-1 and one going into this game. This very much could be the fight for the ACC Atlantic Division, and a chance to go to a university they don't go to too often could turn into something interesting. But I think the team that will get it is Oklahoma State at Texas. Oklahoma State will be 5-0 and going into this game as they have a bye week, and I do think Texas will beat Oklahoma, so it'll be 5-0 and versus 5-1. and This is a game that is always just a ton of fun and it almost always seems like the team that ends up with the wor- or ends the season with the worst record wins this game. It's always an upset. I mean, you had last year 6th ranked Oklahoma State losing to Texas. You had what was that now? 3 years ago, Sugar Bowl Texas losing to a 7 and 6 in the end Oklahoma State team. This is always a ton of fun and a good chance to go down to Texas. So, yeah. Those are my picks for the week. Those are my game day picks. Hopefully, they're a little better than 59%. But yeah, uh, with that, I am your host, Jeffrey Calhoun, recording, as always, from the Center of College Football, signing out.